our value system when it comes to money is quite wrong. I gave you about five yesterday. Let me add two for you today. And those two are very crucial. And you know the truth is that so long your value system is wrong, everything about money will be wrong. Everything about your attitude will be wrong. If you want to get a minister right, then get your value system right. And I defined value to you yesterday as what you really believed in. The reason you do what you are doing. Your belief system. Because it is your belief system that makes you. Any step you take, what you do externally is determined by what you believe internally. Now I want to mention two. One is this. Number six, I gave you five yesterday. Number six is, this is our belief system, our value system about money. If I'm not getting much, I'm going to become this lawyer. That's a value system. We don't verbalize it, but it shows in our attitude. And I've seen ministers that they live by that value system. If they are not getting money from somebody that they are expecting, or if the person is not giving them what they expect, or if you are an associate minister, if you are not getting much, the next thing is to practice disloyalty. The next thing is to become rebellious. And that's why some of us, even our friends before, we disown them. Because why? We feel that they are not giving us what they should be giving us. You know, it was uh, the Senate President, David Mack, who made a comment about his pastor. He said he has been giving money to the pastor. Then one day the pastor was doing a fundraising or something or anniversary and he sent him a money. And the pastor, I mean, the pastor was livid with anger and was saying that that money is too small. And David Mann was saying it publicly where he was uh, invited by a church and he was warning that ministers are, even the Senate president is warning that ministers are too avaricious of money. So he was asking publicly, does he know my salary? Does he want me to steal? And this is not the first time I'm giving him money. You know, that pastor can do that because he believes that if I'm not getting what I expect from somebody, then I can become this lawyer. It's a value system I've seen among pastors. Another value system, the seventh one is this. Now, we believe that little lie, little deceit, little shitting, little stealing is not too bad after all, provided I'm doing it in the name of God. That may surprise you, but it's what I've seen among pastors. We lie. Little lie, not too much lie. We exaggerate. We, uh, we embellish. We embellish our testimonies. We embellish our, uh, our odyssey in order for us to gather money from people. And sometimes we employ some stealing. We falsify accounts. Especially in denominations where they ask you to bring the whole money. You don't bring the whole money. You spend the whole money. What is left is what you present as the, as the whole money. And we justify our conscience that look, I'm doing it in the name of God. Shall be it is God I spend the money for. So it's a wrong value system. We practice some little lie. Even some of us, we steal a little. We shit a little. And we douse our conscience. Because we believe that we are doing the name of God. And God will understand. He will forgive us. He will understand. 
As long as we believe those value systems, then we are going to be practicing gimmicks in ministry. That's why you see pastors. There are a lot of gimmicks. Now to the story I told you. I was in Port I was teaching in a pastor's conference. Then the leader of the church, uh, he asked me to raise money. I told him I don't raise money. I don't believe you. I don't have the gift of raising money. I said, what? You? I said, yes. I don't raise money. I believe that if your church is properly taught, giving will not be a problem. I'll come and share that with you later in the afternoon. How to really collect money from church. What are the factors? We'll look at that later in the afternoon after the seminars. But let me say this. So, he told me a story. He said, I have not seen a preacher like you. He said, you are different from this preacher that came here. I said, which preacher came here? Then he told me this story. He invited this guest speaker to speak in his church. And when that one was coming, he came with three cards. And he labeled the card. One, silver. The other, gold. The other, bronze. And he put the three cards on the table. And told people, this gold is 15,000. This silver is 10,000. This bronze is 5,000. If you collect 5,000 bronze, take it home. Pray over it and bring it. Then I will replace it with the one in my hand. Once you collect the one in my hand, you don't need to work for the rest of your life. Just keep it in your house. It will be generating money for you. You are, you are surprised. This is a Pentecostal church. And almost everybody in that church collected the cards. And the guy raised the money and pocketed it and ran away. Now, Jimix. Now, the story in the material there talks about pastors that went to Josh. Two of them. Some few years back. That's why if you go to Jaws today, especially as a Yoruba preacher, they won't believe you. You try it. Because of what these two pastors did. They went and held a crusade. And uh, one of the nights, I think the second night, they stood up and said that the Lord told them, and you know there are many lords, the Lord, in quote, told them that he is going to provide luxurious buses for people that comes to this crusade. So what you do, go and bring 10,000 10, naira tomorrow. I'm not talking of the 10,000 naira of today. I'm talking of the 10,000 of late 80s and early 90s. Around 93, 94. Bring 10,000 was real 10,000. And you trust our Igbo brethren. They went and brought 10,000. That we are going to pray over it. Once we pray over it, your luxurious is sure before December. Where they make millions. And gullible people brought their money. And they drop it at the apostles' feet. And drop it at the apostles' feet. And the second day, they cancel the crusade and return back to Lagos. Till today, nobody has bought a luxurious bus. And one of those preachers, he died, he has died. It simply shows that we use a lot of gimmicks to collect money from people. And nobody is free. Don't blame anybody. Let's start from ourselves here. Now let's go to the material. Or let me go to scripture. So that you know that he's there in the scripture. It's not new. He's there. Second Peter chapter 2. P- 
Peter condemns it. He wrote so much about it. Second Peter chapter 2. Let's read it in the Bible. So that you know, you know that it's not, it doesn't start today. It has been there. But there were false prophets also among the people. I'm reading from verse 1. Even as there shall be false teachers among you. Who shall privily bring in damnable heresies. Even deny the Lord that bought them. And bring upon themselves sweet destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways. By reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Yes. False preachers. False prophets. People that are reform Oboni. Reform Habalis. Reform occultic people. That are masquerading as pastors. It's what they do. And because of them, the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Take note of verse 3 very well. And true covetousness shall they with fain words, motivational words, inspirational words, make merchandise of you. What saw you did, Make merchandise of you. Who judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Terrible words. But it's true. In those days, people were doing it. Look at Titus chapter 1. Paul also wrote, and he acknowledged, and he identified that there were people who were using gimmicks. In those days, Peter said they used fame words. They used motivational words. They used inspirational words to deceive people, to make merchandise of them. Look at what Paul wrote in Titus. Titus chapter 1, verse 10 and 11. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially day of the circumcision, whose mouth must be stopped, who subvert all houses. Note that word. They subvert, they overtake, they rule houses, teaching things which they ought not to fulfill the lucas sake. Because of ungodly gain, they teach what they should not teach. And they take over people's houses. Even done in the days of Jesus. He acknowledged. That that's what the Pharisees do. Look at uh, Matthew 23. In Matthew 23. Jesus identified. That the Pharisees. They use gimmicks also. And look at their own style here. 23 verse 14. Woe unto you. Scribes and Pharisees. Hypocrites. For ye devour widow houses. And for a pretense, make long prayer. Therefore, you shall receive the greater damnation. They defraud the house of widows. The outside is a talk over widows' properties, widows' houses. And for a pretense that they are doing it for God, they, they elongate their prayers. They make their prayers very long. But the ultimate motive is to take over the houses and the properties and the inheritance of the widows. May God forgive us in Jesus' name. I can't hear your amen. Money, I'm back in the outline now, is a strong factor in what lures people into ministry. And that's the truth today. It's more prevalent today than ever before. Money is a strong factor. And when you see quarrel in churches, between churches, in pastors, in pastors' meeting, in, in the case, church politics, everything boils down to money. Money is a strong factor. In what lost people into ministry. That's why you see different kinds of churches rising up every day, every now and then. Everything is money. I know churches that they will never close their church on Sunday.
Because one Sunday, they make nothing less than 500 million. I'm telling you the truth. Money is the bottom line. Not because we love God. Not because we love those souls. You know, there was a quote yesterday, and that's the truth. It, I read the book also by John, uh, uh, what's the name? Larry Stocky. Say, it seems as if the more churches multiply, the more darker our nation becomes. And that's the truth. Pastors are rising up here and there. Every church here and there. Why? The bottom line is money. I remember, I often tell this story. There was uh, one soft cell magazine that uh, carried out a research. Though they did it in a shallow way. But uh, they did a good job anyway. They said the 20 fastest growing churches in Nigeria. I bought it because that's my line. I want to see what they said. I know most of the stories they wrote there. But you know the one I didn't know is this. When I read the story, out of those 20 churches, 16 of them have cases in court. Why? Because of money. Should be not too long ago. The assistant general of herself, a particular popular denomination, built a house of 400 million naira. Where does he get the money? Of course, from the purse of the church. Okay, let's move on. Money is a strong factor in what lost people into ministry. Achan was destroyed because of his covetousness for money. You remember the story in jo- jo- uh, Joshua 7.21. He said, I covet them. When I saw the Babylonian garment, when I saw all those, I converted them and God dealt with him. Judas was overcome by the pool of gain and profit. He sold his master for 30 pieces of silver and the Lord dealt with him. People even used occultic power to gain money. Even in ministry, you can see in Acts of the Apostles, a lady that had a familiar spirit and it was being controlled by his masters. They were used that, using their familiar spirit to prophesy to people and uh, they were getting money. And you know, they, 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 they instigated the people and the persecution against Paul because Paul cast out the spirit because the Bible says they saw that there is no more gain because your culture spirit has left. In churches today, it's, not the, it's the same. One pastor's wife was overheard talking to the pastor. They were living upstairs. And they invited a guest minister. And uh, the guest minister didn't know the church. So he traced them to their house. And the guest minister was coming. Why they were preparing to go to church. Then when he got to the door, he overheard them talking inside. The wife was telling the pastor, be careful. The way you are doing church these days, be careful. Remember, it took me three months under the water to bring these people. How about that? I'm telling you true life. That it took her three months under the water to bring the crowds. You know, are you surprised? That's why you see crowd here, crowd here. It doesn't move me. Because when you see crowds, I've just itemized five things to just show that most of us are Simon the sorcerer. That's the truth. When you see crowds, there are crowds, but there's no atom of godliness in them. There are crowds, but we don't talk to them about sin. Say our people are joyful people. In this church, we don't talk about sin. We know you are a Simon the sorcerer. We know you gather them through first, first me. 
People that are listening to you, you don't talk to you about heaven. No. Heaven. Even one bishop was telling people, when it comes to heaven, we'll let heaven wait. We know you are Simon the sorcerer. Occultic means because of covetousness, because of money. That's why I found Sarah Governor Felix. I'm in the outline back. Governor Felix did not release Paul because of covetousness. You know, the Bible says in Acts of Apostles, chapter 24, 26, says that he often called Paul, expecting to be bribed, expecting gain, expecting money. And when Paul did not bring forth money, he made him to remain in prison. It's just that because there are more people in the world today, it has become more prevalent than before. Covetous hearts leads to G-Mix in ministry. And we have so many ministers that are covetous today. And you know, when I talk of covetousness, I hope you go and study your Bible. The Bible equals, I mean, equals covetousness to idolatry. That, okay, I'm not buying down to an idol. I'm not buying down to a tree or a forest or a devil or to a demon. But you are covetous. It's tantamount to idolatry. And that's what we are practicing. And that's why we use a lot of gimmicks. Covetous hearts have made many ministers to start churches. Yes. Two young men rented one room apartment. And early in the morning, they'll be speaking in tongues. The other one will be teaching the other one how to speak in tongues. I'm telling you the truth. I say, no. If that one say, oh, 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 say, Adajang by the Kawasaki Suzuki. And shake a little and move yourself. Yeah. I know the other room was a born again brother. He's always, he doesn't know what is happening. And they were teaching all that. How to speak in tongues. How to speak in tongues. Shanta, 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 Shanto, Ababa, yeah, yeah. Good. Very well. In a couple of months, they rented a place, started a church, and in three months, they bought a car. Because they started speaking in tongues and, sh- and changing and shouting and moving and jimicking and mimicking and all those things. And they started saying somebody is there. You know, like the gift uh, that uh, Pastor Fewa just used now. Word of knowledge. Okay. And somebody is there. Somebody is here. Somebody. And he will call them out. You know, he didn't call you out. And he say, come out. Come and redeem yourself. Come and do all those things. And people are giving money. You know, because there are too many people in Nigeria that have problems. Fake and jimic is selling fast to they start churches. They start ministries. They water down the truth. Yes. Compromise the gospel. Become slaves of money bags. Speak from both sides of the mouth. And that's all we are doing today. When we start before some audiences, we can't tell them the whole truth of the gospel. No. Because it will erode our gain. So we have to corner it. They say we have to be wise. <laughs> Covetousness. Avarice, greed, and stinginess have led many ministers to indulge in immorality. Yes, there's a circle of ministers today. If you join them, oh, somebody even sent me an SMS yesterday. I know the pastor long ago. 
I know him long ago. He stopped coming to our conferences. So yesterday, when we finished, when I opened my phone, that was the SMS that came in. He said he's going to become a bishop. I should come and honor him. I now knew, I said, okay. And this is a pastor that sleeps with girls. Not then say, he told me. He said he has a problem in that area. I said, well, you need to pray and get yourself free. But he doesn't want to be free. And the truth we preach, oh, he doesn't like it. That's why he ran away. And now he's inviting me to join his bishop. Bishop pre-coordination. I'm sorry for those people that will be under him. And uh, there are some ministerial tackles that when you join them, they ordain you. Ah, you must live with women. It's a normal thing. It's a normal thing to them. Occultism is a normal thing to them. And many of them, they have deviated from the right way. Money is the greatest factor that is responsible for the fall and the disgrace of ministers, either past or present. I pray you will not be among them in Jesus' name. Let's look at the example of money gimmicks in ministry. Now, my definition of it, gimmick is an unusual trick or device that is intended to attract attention or persuade people to part with their monies. And we are using them. Either in Pentecostal or charismatic or mainline churches, we are using tricks. Either from small one to great one. We lie, we deceive, we cajole, we tell fake testimonies just for us to trick people. And you know there are some preachers today, that's their line. Bring them here anytime. That's why I can't bring many preachers here. I can't. Because what I preach, what I believe, what I stand against, is against the way they preach. Somebody will say, yes. When I was at Chipo Airport in Amsterdam, Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. When I was at Chipotle, you don't understand that Chipotle is the largest airport in Europe. It's the busiest airport in Amsterdam. When I was sitting at Chipotle, behold, a woman passes me by. And I lay my hands on her. And she got here. And she gave me 5,000 euros. Can you see that? And one crazy person will say, right on, Pastor. The God who did it like that, he will do your own. Come and sow to that anointing. Let me tell you the truth. I give the glory to God. I've been to Chipotle. I flew to Chipotle. I flew out of Chipotle. So I know Chipotle Airport in Amsterdam. I know it very well. There's no way European will give you 5,000 euro. In fact, if you carry money, they will check you. Especially now, they will check you at Chipo. There's a serious security in Chipo. And the system there is not designed for a European to carry $5,000, €5,000. Where did you get it? Where? What work did you do? Even me that they will give money to. They don't give me up to €1,000. And they have to write a letter. I have to show a letter. Me, what you because they will query you. 
Because of money laundering. Yeah, that's the testimony that each people hear. G-Mix. G-Mix. Small magic. Oh yeah, let's move on. It is stealing by star. Hey, say stealing by star. Stealing by star. Stealing by star. A little bit of magic. It is a carnal, worldly, and demonic trick to hoodwink people. And many ministers are using a lot of tricks and gimmicks to defraud people of money in the church today. You know, brother, all this money we defraud, we got from people, we will pour them out. I'm out, boy. You will pour them out. God will make sure he takes it away from your hand. Simon the sorcerer used witchcraft to draw crowds. <laughs> and many of us are using witchcraft to draw crowds today. Just to fleece them. Just to get their money. How can somebody in a particular church, some young people, they went to a particular minister, one of the top leaders, and say, Sir, in this church, in the last two, three years, we have not heard message on heaven, hell, judgment, righteous, rapture, all those things, holiness, all those things. Please, all you leaders you meet, preach those messages to us. Uh, the man said, no, we don't. that is not our message in this church. Our message is finance. Is that a church? How can somebody who claims to be a servant of the Lord, how can somebody who claims to be preaching the whole Bible say your message is finance? Nothing on hell, nothing on heaven, nothing on holiness, nothing on righteousness, nothing on integrity, nothing on justice. That's not a minister of God. No matter the name, no matter the evidence. And you know what, we, what deceives us today is evidence. Somebody say, but he has evidence to his ministry. Let me give you a revelation. You can have an evidence, but with a bad story behind that evidence. You know the brothers of Joseph. They have an evidence. They took the coat of many colors of Joseph. They sent it to the father. They said, check oh, Check oh, if this is the cloth of your son or not. They let him conclude. And the man said, ah, my Joseph has been killed. It is his dress. Ah, a wild animal has slayed him. But is that the story? But there's an evidence. You know, I wonder at us ministers. It's as if we don't read our Bible again. It's because somebody, he built a cathedral, he built a building, he has this thing, he has that, he has this. He has, these are the evidences of my ministry. What is the story behind it? But we don't bother to question. You know, it's like what is affecting our society. Once there's a big man, somebody comes out with money, we dash him title, we dash him promotion, we dash him everything. Look at the other time. Central bank, shame us. It is all of us, though. They shame us. You know, during the banking, uh, uh, what do they call it? Banking reorganization or revival or whatever. Uh -huh. You know, some bank sheep were sacked. Two of them are Christians. Pastors. Not only that. They were confident of our leaders. They, in fact, in some meetings, before that banking something, they gave large sums of money to our meetings. No one of them ran away. He has just come back. 
Initially, we were crying, oh, eh, hey, the central bank is after them. They are just persecuting them because they are Christians. And all those but evidences are showing. The stories are coming out. And these people are members of our churches and they are pastors in our churches. And yet we don't tell them the truth. It simply shows that all of us are covetous. We are simply after the money. And now, me, I expect that we should come out and say, we are sorry, oh. They are our brothers, they are our pastors. We didn't know they are involved in running their bank aground. I have a share, I have shares in Oceanic, I have shares in Intercontinental. They have never sent dividends in the last five years. Except miracle. And it was run by our pastors. God saved me that I took our account away from there. And fellow Christians, fellow brothers, members of churches, pastors in churches, that we invite to our meetings. In fact, pastors fall over themselves to invite them. May God have mercy on us. Okay. Let's look at some of those gimmicks. I've mentioned some of them in passing, but let's look at the one in the material now. Prophecies of doom and gloom to create fear in people just to get money. I remember one of the governors in Niger Delta. He was commenting to some pastors. <laughs> Those pastors went to him and they were praying for him. And when they finished praying, they were going their way. I say, ah, you people will not prophesy. They say, no, sir, God did not show us anything. Ah! So they are still genuine people like you people. Then he mentioned names. And said, ah, those who have almost finished me with prophecy, they will always prophesy doom and doom. And they will request for money to pray to avert that doom. All these prophecies we read in the newspapers. Are they not prophecies of gloom and doom? You know, somebody have been prophesying. He even prophesied that Babangida will win the last election. Isn't it? You know, I love that newspaper. Son, they do a lot of things on pastors. You think they hate pastors? No! They are just exposing the secrets. Because most of the people working there are Christians also. He prophesied that Babangida will win. Babangida did not win. And he will never win. He will never win. Let him try all he wants to try. If he wins, Nigeria will go backward 40 years. He will never win. I know some of you don't like that because some of you that supported him, A1B, you know, we were talking in one meeting the other day. We were saying that so so and so we know. One pastor said, I bet you disagree, sir. I bet you disagree. Yes, sir. He will win, oh. I'm only. Those are people that have collected money. Amen. And these people, they are prophets, they are pastors. Who prophesy to them? Who go to them? Who tells them? Go right ahead. You know when Babangida didn't win, the guy shut up. Now that he's coming back, he has started shouting again. Who doesn't know that he's doing it for the money? He's doing it for the money. Those are gimmicks. Hello? You know another version of that is that some people prophesy to you, I dream. The Lord says I should come and preach in your church. Abby? I, I saw this vision that you invited me to come and preach. 
if you invite them, you will bite your finger. Because some of them, they will be prophesying to your rich members. They will say the Lord showed them something to your rich members. And once they corner your rich member, they get their address. They, they, they start phoning them. Before you know it, your rich members has become your enemy. You know, that's a quarrel I have with so many people. So many top pastors. I don't have quarrel bringing you here to preach. I don't have quarrel bringing you seminar. How many will I preach? How many will I do? It's a ministry that welcomes everybody. But people with the right attitude. The quarrel I have with people is this. Once they come here, or either they teach in our school, or they get it, what they do is that they get in touch with people, and before you know it, those people are no longer coming. Why? Why did you know them? Is that the Christian way to do And if you check everything, it's because of money. And you know this kind of conference now. Some people will be moving around. They will check you by the kind of car you brought, and they will trace you out. Yeah, we thank God. We are conference officials. That's how we don't introduce anybody here. That's how we beat everything down. That's why we just keep people there. Me say, don't introduce me. Don't be anything. We are not here just to network. You can invite us. If God leaves you, if he doesn't lead you, I am not looking for invitation. And if I come, give me whatever you like. And there are churches I say, I don't need your money. I just run away. Because of money, they give you God. Say, don't take it. Don't take it. Why must you meet a minister somewhere and you turn or you are invited somewhere, you get their rich members, you trace them out. And before you know it, they start paying their tithe to you, giving you the money they never give to their, their pastor. And before you know it, you might even took them out of that church. That's, witch, that's wickedness. That's covetousness of the highest order. That's a gimmick. Why must you do that? Because of money. Because of gain. Visions of death, calamity that require people to pay to redeem that vision. Oh, that's popular with Ghanaian prophets. And those of you that are inviting Ghanaian prophets to your church, I'm sorry for you. They will come to your church. Uh-huh. They will call your phone number and call uh-huh. and call all this one. And they say, Your child, uh-huh. six, two days ago, you have to redeem the child with 200,000. That's not the spirit of Jesus. That's Jimmy. Stage managed word of knowledge that requires money retention. Yes. Yes. You know, one pastor was in Nigeria the other time, was performing some spurious miracles. And when the lead bro- broke and his gimmicks were discovered, ran away from Nigeria, ran down to South Africa. In South Africa now, he's having big time problem because the gimmicks. In the meeting, people always testify from one particular section. Not the whole congregation. Who doesn't know it's a gimmick? Who doesn't know? That was what uh, was it, Pastor Alex, that was saying yesterday. Pastor, Pastor, somebody, he has not walked before all his life, but as we were preaching, he just stood up and started running. Somebody that has not walked before. And the next thing is to start a. Uh, 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 Shebi will learn how to take uh, how to take steps. Look at it. If you have a broken leg and you don't use that leg for about three months, the day the leg is healed, 
The first thing, is it to run? Uh uh. You first learn how to put it on the ground and uh, take step one by one. Pastor, he has not worked for 15 years and now the Lord healing and he's running. This is his wheelchair. Uh, all of us, no be dollar though. May God help us. Those are gimmicks we use in taking people's money. Special money in crusades and selling of shares. You know, it's noted with one prophet at Ojota there. Anywhere he's going to do crusade, he will carry his shares. And you will pay for those shares. And he doesn't preach. People testify. Imagine somebody who says he's a man of God. He cannot dish out the word of God. And when the Bible says, the word of God is the power of God. I'm not ashamed to preach the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation. But in a meeting, you don't preach a word. No. Just testify and testify and testify and testify. And somebody will come. I was healed of lameness. Okay, when he went to a jaw, a jaw, a jaw, so about two, three years back, the first day, <laughs> some people testify. They, sell, they even sell ankership. They sell all those things. Just to make money. Then the third day, the crusade was canceled. Why? He said the money that was realized is not up to the expenses. What does that mean? It means the crusade was organized principally because of money. And some of the people went to the crusade. You know there was a secret. The following day, in, when they were going back home, they saw somebody in a corner arguing with the crusade officials. I'm telling you the truth. Arguing with the crusade official. Give me my money. I don't testify. I say my leg short and long. And promise, give me the 5,000. But the gullible has been deceived. I have a special anointing oils. Special sounds. And special water from Jerusalem. You know, when people go to Jerusalem, they don't go to worship Christ. They go to carry sand of Jordan, of the Dead Sea. This one, I saw it on television. Somebody was advertising. Whoa. May God, may God renew us in Nigeria. Say better amen. amen. Imagine somebody advertising on television. Say this, this, this sand and this oil is from Jerusalem. Jerusalem. This Ankashi, it is two two thousand, two two thousand, two two thousand. If you are able to get it, your own done better. And people rushed, people rushed. The place was jam packed. May God help us. And some people are good at the messages or say it, claim it, and have it. There's no devil, there's no demon, there's nothing. Just say it, confess it, confess it, confess it, and so, and so, and so, and you have it. One of them was working, was doing his meeting at the airport hotel some couple of years back. I always call him Alari of Africa. 
And you know, after the meeting, he was counting the money in one corner, in one room. And some journalists burst into that room. They saw him counting. They said, ah, Elsa, you are the one counting the money. I'll report this one in the paper. He said, then you are dead. He said, I'll kill you. That one has to shut up. Oh, there are many things the journalists cannot write to. There are many things they see and they know that they can't write. They just have to cover it. Hello? Recently, you know, in a particular church, one of the good churches in Nigeria, there was a quarrel about the geo, uh, the geo, uh, changing of geo, no geo, clinical, clinical, all the wala, suit to court, everything. Let me tell you the truth. I'm not supporting anybody. I'm supporting Jesus and his church. The truth is this. Money is the problem. I can't say more than that. But it's a question of money. More than 20 million. It's money. And these are people that come and tell us Jesus is gentle. Jesus is loving. He loves his church. But they hate his church. When it comes to money, we don't know Jesus. We are ready to use every gimmick, every crook, every means to get the money. I remember some couple of years back, it was, <laughs> okay, don't let me mention him now. It was one bishop that told me, he said, that boy is crazy, sir. I said, sir, which boy? He said, Can he mentioned one of the preachers. He asked his church, you know that your house at the back? Yeah. This is a young man in the ministry who just married by then. If he invites you to come and preach, like I brought friend right here now, he'll give you 300,000. A small church. And that person, okay, he invites one bishop, and uh, the bishop could not go and say, This small rat, where is it coming from? So he sent one of his associates, he gave that one 300,000. Ah, he put a call through, the bishop put a call through, well, next time he invites me, I will go home. And when he went, he gave you 500,000. So this bishop that was talking to me was saying, Akijong, Akijong, that boy is crazy, sir. What does he get that money? I says, I wonder. To back with me, my law. <laughs> it's for the money. And this is a young man that won't stay in his church. He will travel for three weeks and come back the last week of the month and collect all the money and go again. What was he doing there? You can imagine. And nobody was able to ask him, where did you get this money? In this small church? Where did you get the money? No. The bishop was still telling me, if he calls me, I will go. I need that money. May we not go to hell. Baba Shenshei, what I pay at the world, or Rituals and occultic practices in churches to attract what to crowds. It happens in Bini. Some pastors bury cow in their church. Yeah, it happens in Lagos too. They bury cow in their church. It happens at Ibadan too. It happens at Abekuta. It's a normal thing to them. Personal prophecies to give for people to give away their resources. Yes, the Lord says you should give away your house. The Lord says you should give away your wife. The Lord says you should give away your property. The Lord says he needs your car. Is it the Lord that will ride that car? Look at the next one. Another gimmick. Praying people into bondage and charging them to be released. 
And prophets do that a lot. They go to mountain because of that member that is rich in their church. And they felt that it's not giving them what uh, he should give them. They say, Lord, let him have problem. Let him have problem. Let him enter wala. You, brother, me. we bind you in Jesus' name. Enter trouble. And very soon, that one will enter trouble. And he will come to them. Yes, I need to be released. So, have problem with they say, ah, this is your problem. We can't say about two million. No? Yes. And they collect money from him. And after I will leave, they will say, yes, he's serving well. If we don't give him that problem now, he won't know he should give us two million. Let me prophesy to your life. Every gang up against your life and your finances is thwarted in Jesus' name. Okay, kick in, Bojo. Ari woke in, Bosho. Baba, me over no Bible. No weapon fashioned against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment shall be destroyed. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. From heaven or from man? <laughs> Yeah. Let's get to the next page. And you know in, in church today, another trick is to backstab each other. Especially if you are working in denomination in the name of promotion. Somebody say, I must become a rule by all means. If I need to step on people's head, I will step on them. I will become a rule by all means. Either they like it or and we're ready to backstab. We're ready to destroy. We're ready to carry rumor. We're ready to fabricate. You know, most of our churches are turning to SSS churches. We report one another. And leadership, topmost leadership, encourage it. In the name of money. I remember one pastor. He's late now. He's late now. And this pastor, he can play politics. He can play politics. If he doesn't like your face, ah, he will destroy you before the main leader. You better be in his good books. If you are not in his good book, oh, you are gone. In fact, there was a time he felt that he should be the one pastoring supposed rich branch. He said there is food in that branch and I must pastor that branch. That boy they put there is not worth it. He came to this ministry after me. I must be in that branch. And you know what he did? He went to the leader. He gave gifts to the leader. He drew close to the leader. And he started telling the leader stories and fables. And started cooking up things about the pastor of that church. And you know most of our leaders, they are like policemen. Abby, even if you are the offender, once you are the one that reports first, you are justified. Most of our leaders, they hear one side and do what to? And judge. Whoever comes first, whoever comes first, whoever comes first, instead of them to do independent investigation, they won't. And uh, the leader listened to him. Eventually, they brought him to that church and they took that young man away. He was telling me, yes, I should be the one pastoring this church. That's where he caught the sickness that killed him. That's what we are doing in churches today. We use a lot of Jimmy. We backstab. We destroy each other. I must get this promotion. Get the promotion. 
and you'll be on your way to hell. 24 hour miracles. That's another teaching. We'll be teaching it. And immediately, at that same hour, receive this miracle. There, your miracle will happen in 24 hours. So, what do you do? You sow to that hour. Every hour is 1,000 naira. And you sow to that hour in order to attract your miracle. In order to get your miracle. Pray me. Can I ask you a question? Miracles. Is it from man or from God? Okay. When God wants to do miracle, does he need to consult you? Answer me. But we don't ask those questions. Once, if I bring a big guest speaker now that teaches it and start teaching and teaching, you know, and you know you people. Immediately you go now. The money you will never give to us here, you will sow it. May God help us. Let's look at 10 ways that money has wrecked ministers. People like Akan, Gehazi, Judas, and the rest of them. And even in contemporary ministry, if you have read, read God's General, the book, God's General, Alexander Dewey, Jim Baker, and the rest of them, how money has finished them. These are 10 ways. Look at it. Money, covetousness, gimmicks in ministry will make you to deviate from the truth into error and false doctrine. Once you are covetous and you are using all these gimmicks and many more, there is no way you will not fall into error. You become a false preacher, a false prophet, and there are many false preachers today. One on television, look at what he was saying. He said, if they give you bribe, take it. It's part of your wealth transfer. The Bible said the wealth of the wicked shall be transferred. Is that truth or error? It's error. I remember many years ago, one young man was working in the federal ministry and he falsified account and he stole money there and bought a car and brought the car to church. And you know the pastor, his pastor said, I bless this car. But yes, I stole the money. He said, yes, it's your own portion of the national cake. Are you surprised when people say that they are Christians and they go into politics and they get there? They mess up big time. Number two, seduce and deceive by business, gain and profit. Yeah. And so many of those people that are using gimmicks, they have left the work. Can't you see that even one of the chairman, one of the leaders of PDP is a reverend. Then, one of the people that are leading this body, Jonathan for presidency, is a reverend. When I read it in the paper, I was wondering, what is he looking for? Of course, money. Divorce and remarrying wealthy spouse and immoralities. Yes. And you know, in some churches today, even in many of our gospel churches, I was hearing of a report of a recent, even Jews are matchmaking now. One brother said, I want to marry that sister. Yes, that's the sister the Lord is leading me to. The Jews said, no, you marry this one. Oh, yes. And that one is a returning. So we have to arrange somebody to marry her. Not because we love her, but because of her uh-uh. You understand? 
and pastors are divorcing today. Can I say something that will shock you? Some pastors' wives that are dying is so that the church can progress. No, you don't understand what I'm saying, no. Some pastors who have died and they have to marry another one. It is that one that will bring growth to the church. Because he has been told that if this wife doesn't die, this church will not go forward. Financially, not spiritually. Will it talk our lady? Yeah, I can understand, my brother. That's what is happening. Pulled away by wrong associates and covenants. Yes, that's another way. When you use Jimmy, somebody is doing something now. One of the leaders we respect and we look up to, he started messing up. And his excuse, he said, there's too much pressure on me. People are pulling me to do it. People are pulling you to deviate from the right way to the wrong way. To join the bandwagon. Dabbling into politics and secular matters. Yeah. Many of our pastors now, one of their CV is that they go to state house. They, they work with the mighty. And I can tell you, when dog, I mean when, when sheep move with dog, you go shop as critter. Abandoning God's call to chase white goose. Yeah, many are doing a lot of things now that they, they are not preaching the gospel. They are preaching gospel business. Demonic and occultic parts and marriages. Yes, internal strife, crisis and breakaways. That's why those churches are breaking away, backsliding, and the glory has departed. Yes, I remember I was flying in from Accra. I was at the Accra airport. I saw one guy. Oh, he said, I know you. I know you. I know you. I said, Where? He mentioned. Then uh, when we are at the boarding gate, I sat somewhere. Uh, lo and behold, I saw one of the top men of God in Nigeria was coming. And I started laughing to myself. I, I was reading a book, so I covered my face with a book. I don't want him to see me initially. I was laughing because I remember the jokes. I do crack. You know, I do crack this joke that when the Bible says, let every man carry his own body, that passage always gets fulfilled at the airport. Because when you cross the custom, they will ask you, who get this uh, carrier? You say, Nami, they say carrier. That's where I always wait for. Because all these men of God, you won't see in Nigeria. You have to book three months, six months, one year. Ah, me, I know they worry. We'll meet at the airport. The other day I was traveling. It was one that was calling me and said, ah, Reverend, 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 how are you? I said, Nami, it was me and Dr. Abishokwe. Ah, how are you, sir? Hey, bless you. She won't hurry. She be, now you be this. No, be you be this. Hey, no security now, no feeling of form. Mother, parents, and she be worried. <laughs> so, this one was, he was looking for where to sit. I was sitting there, I covered my face. I laughed because he was carrying his luggage. I laughed. <laughs> so, eventually, I remember I said, Good evening, sir. Oh! It's you. I said, live and direct, sir. <laughs> say, what are you doing here? I said, sir, you know me with my wala. You know me with my wala. I came to Accra to do one or two this uh, wala. Hey, ah, that's good. But you know, I note something. The glory is no more there. 
We chatted, eventually sat somewhere. In the aircraft, he sat in front of me on the other row. When we got to Muridala here, we were waiting for our luggage. I went to him. I said, sir, how about your church? He parried the question. I looked at him very well. He's not the man I knew before. Because I've preached in his church before. I know him very well. He's not the man. He has changed. May you not change for worse. And some ministers have been assassinated. They have been killed. Because of business deals. Because of stylish stealing. Because we charge for ministrations and all that. Let's, stand, let's go on. How to overcome the pool of money in ministry. You must practice contentment in God. Yes, you must practice it. If you are going to be free from the grip of covetousness that leads to gimmick in ministry, let us practice contentment. Let me read the Bible passage. God used it for me one day. And let God use it for you today. Hebrews. Open your Bible to Hebrews chapter 13. This is the key, my brethren. Hebrews chapter 13. Let's read quickly because I need to make some uh, comments. Hebrews 13. Let me read verse 5 and 6. Oh, yes. Let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things as you have. For you have said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man will do unto me. My brother, my sister, that is the solution. Contentment. Let your life let your conversation, let your lifestyle be without covetousness. How do you do that? Let's look at those points here. Repent and renounce all covetous practices in your life and ministry. Pray out every form of covetousness in your hearts. Once you are desiring what you don't have, you want to live at the level God has not taken you to. You want to ride the car you don't have the money for. Pray it out of your life. Align yourself with God's purpose for your life. Stay in your ministry like our thoughts. What is God's purpose for your life? He's different to my own. Stay there. Stop struggling for what or where God has not taken you to. Stop it, brother. Why should you be covetous of anything? Why should you use Jimmy in ministry for anything? Look, the unbelievers are teaching us. If we say we are not going to teach us, the unbelievers are teaching us. Did you hear what Warren Buffett and uh, what's his name? Bill Gates. Do you hear what they were doing? They went and had a meeting with more than 300 American millionaires. What was the message they were saying? They say, give half of your wealth away on or before you die. And many of them have signed up. That is unbelievers for you. It is what the unbelievers are giving away that we Christians and pastors are doing well too. We are grabbing. They are teaching us. I told you yesterday, in this year alone, Bill Gates has spent $760 million on polio. That's all we are running after. I see we don't know the Bible. That says, let your treasure be in heaven, not in this world. 
We read it, but we don't believe it. Patiently walk with the Lord and let you bless him. Let him bless you. His own way, not your own way. Stop comparing yourself with others and practice what? Contentment. Tell yourself to be contented. There was a time my heart was agitating. Hey God, God, why, why, why are you blessing this? Why are you blessing that? God, God, this was the passage God used for me. Let your life be without covetousness. Be content with what you have. I read that passage often and often. And I'm contented, my brother. And I thank God the way God has made my ministry. I don't look up to anybody. I mean, in terms of money. In fact, if I want to look up, who will I look up to? I don't have a brother. I don't have a sister. I don't have an uncle that is rich, that is great, that is mighty, that will sponsor me. I don't have it. God didn't create me like that. And you see, I understand my own dealing in the Bible. Look at number seven, and I will give you a revelation now. Understand God's dealing and pace for your life. Because he deals with us in different ways. Let me tell you three ways he deals with us. In a jiffy. If you want to know more about that, it's in that my book. Ministers, uh, ministry, the topic of this conference. I wrote a book on it. Yeah. This is what me have discovered. There may be more, but this is the one I discovered. Number one, God can deal with you the way he dealt with Adam. How did he deal with Adam? He provided everything Adam needed before he asked for it. Adam never need to ask. God has provided. There are ministers like that. God provide them, give them car, give them houses, give them everything. I told you, I know a young boy. He has been ministering for just seven years and they have given him more than seven cars. That's the same provision. That's the way God deals with me. I remember I have a friend at Ibadan. Uh, 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 what's his name? I just remember by name. He's a good friend of mine. You know what? He has been ministering now for 21 years and he has really, he has wrote 21 cars and he never bought any single one of them. Okay, me, I do a conference. Many of the time, I enter debt. By the time you people go back home and you say, oh, God has blessed us, that conference is worldly. By the time we finish, I will start calculating how much you spend on food, how much you spend on electronics and taking care of our workers and all those things, advertisement in the papers, SMS. Now, can I tell you, the SMS we sent for this conference was 90,000. Not 90,000 naira, 90,000 SMS. At a point, I remember on Saturday I sent to about uh, 18,500 pastors. Because in our master, master uh, data, we have more than 30,000 number of pastors in Nigeria. But how many tons of? But that's not a big deal. So by the time we do all that, okay, I will be in debt. But this is my friend, we do a conference, and when he finish, he's in debt. The second day, somebody will give him a phone call. The Lord told me that you are in debt of your conference. I have 2 million naira. Please give me your account. Let me pay it now. But me, I will struggle to pay my own after three months. Does it mean God loves him more than me? No. The difference is the dealing. He is receiving Adam's dealing. I'm praying to get there. Now, number two is Moses' dealing. When God asked Moses to go and construct the tabernacle, he didn't give him money. He didn't provide. But he told him, go and talk to the people. Go and talk. And Moses went and talked to the people. And the Bible said the people gave much more. Much more. Until he asked to ask them, Stop, oh! There are some people like that. God will give you the grace to talk. When you talk to people, we need this in the church. We need this. We need this. We need it. People will give. People will give. 
Unfortunately, people like that, that had that kind of dealing, they have become fundraisers. But you know, amazingly, that's not my own dealing. It's not Adam, it's not Moses. The third one is my own, Paul. You know the way God dealt with Paul? It's even different. Paul planted churches and those churches never, 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 never gave him anything. Except the Philippian church. And he told people, I didn't defraud you. I didn't collect from you. This my hands have supplied my needs. That's my own dealing. God give you ideas. Give you revelation. Give you how to create. Give you how to make money. How to, little, little, little things. And you are using that to support your ministry. That's where I found myself. I'm praying for Moses. I'm praying for Adam's dealing. You know? And those of you that the spirit is ministering to you. May you hear the spirit. And obey the spirit. And bring that money. And bring that car. And bring that uh, house. But until then, God is dealing with me this way. Recognize your own too. So that envy and jealousy and covetousness will not kill you. You know, when we go to meetings, one pastor will tell us, I thank God for my life. Somebody got, just gave me a jeep. Okay. Pastor Fenwa told us now, hey, he wrote a book. He wrote a book. Love, relationship. Help somebody to solve 20 years of marriage problem. And the next is, they gave me a jeep. I'm a marriage. You told him to I'm a you told him to ban Even people that their churches grew, 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 they never recognize us. I am Mama. Say, Lord, only. Go to today. So recognize God's dealing. That's why I told people I'm not going to do free conference. I'm not going to do free conference because I have bills to pay, I have staffs to pay. But I'm not going to charge like they charge in the world. I'm going to deliberately load the price and give you more than what you pay for. It's a policy of our ministry. It's our value system. I'll give you more than what you pay for. That if you are sincere, when you look at those books and resources and the quality, you know that, oh, it's worth much more than what they charge. But I won't do it free. Because I know that's the way God deals with me. Thank you. Thank you and God bless you. That's the way God deals with me. I'm still waiting for somebody to bring a car. I'm still waiting for someone to donate a house. I'll collect it. Look at what Baba Abdebo said the other time. He said, if he's going to be sleeping in all the houses that they have given to him in ministry, he will never sleep in all of them until Jesus comes. I pray for that anointing. But I'm not God there. Recognize your own too. Now some of us will hear that and go to mountain. Baba, are you partial? No. It's not partial. Stand up on your feet. It's not a partial God. But it deals with us in different ways. So if you don't know that, they will deceive you into doing gimmick. You to say, in this ministry, we will make it. You will make it. But in the right way. You know, a good friend of mine, he was a good friend of mine. He was. He was. Now I'm saying he was because I stopped relating with him several years ago. He was a good friend. Why the friendship lasted? It was very good. But you know, he told me something that made me to run away. I said it to some people of recent. They never knew why I ran away from him. I was the one that ran away. He calls me often. I said, I'll see you. I'll see you. I ran away. Because he said something. That was when I started traveling to South Africa. And you know, I have these American friends. In fact, he sent me an email. I was reading his email this morning. He lost his father. He's an American friend. I met him in Jerusalem. He read one of my books. And he was the one who took me to South Africa the first time in year 2000. 
And since then, he gave me an open check. I just decided that I want to go to South Africa. I just sent him an email. He will send everything I need to me. Including his passport number. Because by then, South African Embassy, that's what they will ask from you. Once you can get either the citizenship number or the passport number, uh, with your letter of invitation and with a good account and whatever, they'll get you your visa. You know, when this friend heard that, I have that, and I have some couple of other friends also in Pretoria, in Joburg, and all those places, uh, he called me. He said, Aki John, let's do business. I said, what business? He said, these are your friends in South Africa that sends a... Their citizenship number. You don't have problem collecting visa. I said, we thank God. He said, let's do a deal. Because in this ministry, we must ride car. That Jeep, 4x4, we must ride it. I said, what do we do? He said, give me, their, give me that citizenship numbers. I will be selling it to pastors. I will be collecting money. We will be sharing it 50-50. I know them. You have the information. Bring it. We will sell it. I will be making money. I said, eh? He said, yes. Eh? He said, yes. I said, okay, I'll think about it. I ran away from... He never knew that was the reason I ran away. I ran away. Because I was thinking, these people, they trusted me by providing their, 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 their personal information. So I should be selling it. To make a money. I ran away. When you see me run away from friends, I may not tell you the reason, and you may not know. People can speculate and rumor about, but I'm not concerned. Is this issue? I ran away since then. We are still friends. We don't quarrel. When we see each other, we agree. How are you, sir? How are you, sir? But I know my way. I know my way. How can, I, how can I betray their confidence? And you know, God helped me that I didn't obey. Today, Reverend Awoshokwe can testify. In fact, I was sending an email of recent. One of them, that guy has left South Africa. He's back in America. But you know when he was going? He called all his ministry staff. Even the man taking over from him, he said, Akidon from Nigeria. We partner him. Anything he asks for, anytime he's coming here, our doors are open. In fact, it's our South African office. All my books are there. They sell my books and they give me my money, cash, whenever I go there. I'm to travel maybe in the next two weeks. The other one was asking me. The one there now was asking, are you not going to stay with us? I said, no, I'm not staying with you. I'm going to Venda. He said, we are going to Venda? So you are not going to spend any time with us at all? I said, well, when we come from Venda, I will stay overnight in your house. We will go to office. I'll see what you guys are doing. Then I'll go to Soweto. From there, I'll be coming back to Nigeria. Uh -uh. Francis! I said, that's the way it is. If anybody goes to tell them anything, they never believe it. Because over the years, we have shown integrity to them. We have shown them that anything they tell us, we will never betray their confidence. My brother, that is the key. We don't need to be jimmicking anything. Later in the afternoon, I will tell you how to raise good money in the church. But let us pray. All the areas have used Jimic. Knowingly and uh, consciously and uh, Lord, forgive me. Can you open your mouth and pray?